This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. You will never hear your own voice the way that other people hear your voice. Well, that's it, will true. Always, it, will, it would always sound different to you than does everybody that's else. That's because you're listening to yourself through bone induction. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm not, what, yeah, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying when you're speaking. I'm just saying even when you hear it back, it, it tends to sound a bit different. But I yes, know. even when, as you're speaking, it does sound different. Well, yes, because you know, the vast majority of what you're listening to of yourself is through bone induction in your mm-hmm. head, not the actual audio of your voice. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I always find it odd when I hear it played back through some recording device. Like when I listen to the podcast, it's like, oh. That's, you know, I'm, I'm so used to it now. It doesn't bother me. But originally it was kind of like, that's kind of strange, you know, like I've done enough audio and video work over the years that it, there's always a little bit of a disconnect, but now it's such a regular thing that I don't, I don't think about it. But you're saying, Eric, that even when you hear a recording yourself, it's different from what other people hear. It, it is sometimes subtly different. I mean, I'm overly critical of myself anyway, because I know that I have um, various deformities and other stuff that makes me sound higher pitched makes me sound nasally i tend to speak very fast um so every there's there's i I can't really remember the last time i heard a recording of myself and was like nailed it really oh yeah even like during the podcast i mean there if it's like first part of the day and i have Mm -hmm. my lower register voice i have like my morning voice like uh, good morning and thank you like that's one that's thing that super fmdj voice you had when you did your own <laughs> podcast <laughs> I know right. that one's that smooth man that one's slick <laughs> right um so i would try to record that certain times of the day to be like and now you know <clears throat> um <laughs> so but um but yeah there there are times i'll i'll hear it like when i listen i can't listen to our show i hate how i sound in our show it's nothing uh, that it's nothing trevor can do to fix it it's just the way my voice is on uh, in this medium but uh well for those yeah. of you who are tuning in and just listening to the things that we talk about before oh, we <laughs> before we pre-record <laughs> we're leaving it in we're leaving it in it's all why fun do you do games. this to me all the time come on it's all fun and games He's an evil. Uh, gets hurt. well what have you guys been up to i mean we haven't done a show there in about uh, three weeks i've been catching up on a couple of things um What's that show we've been watching there? The Long Way Up. Oh, my God. Is that ever good? Oh, Long Way Up. So good. If you guys so haven't watched good. this show, please do yourself a favor. I don't know how, by whatever means you can, Apple TV, Fire Stick, whatever you can get, please do yourself a favor and watch the show. It's Ewan McGregor and Charlie Bone, and they got a crew with them, and they're going from South America all the way up to L.A. on two uh, prototype Harley-Davidson uh, electric motorcycles pre-production because they're in production now a friend of mine who mm-hmm. actually just test drove one and tagging along with them are two rivian prototype pickup trucks and it's yeah, just the very two to get the very first two to get street vins yeah exactly so anyways watch it it's really good epic beauty it's really well shot uh, some good story happening and you get to watch some electrified stuff happening as it as it happens it was all filmed last year so um i don't know how many episodes they're going to do what are we at six now Yes, it was six was Bolivia that just aired, yeah. Okay. So how many episodes do you think they're gonna be in? Um, there's usually ten or twelve. You'd think I'd know this. I watched the first two series like <laughs> a billion times. Um, but it's 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 gotta be ten or twelve episodes. Okay. All right. Well it is it is incredibly hard for people like just to pick up a new series to watch something 
when there's so many streaming outlets to watch content. And when people are like, oh my gosh, this is a great show. You should watch this. And I'm like, uh, what show would you recommend? They're like, oh, have you seen Breaking Bad? <gasps> I'm like, I haven't seen Breaking Bad. And they're like, oh my God, you have to watch it. I'm like, yeah, I you have can to watch barely it. get through the yeah. stuff I record on my DVR today. <laughs> Much less now go watch. How many seasons of Breaking Bad was there? Nine? Five. 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 Only five. Yeah. Like, I can't. I can't. I don't have the time to spend what seems like three days worth of just hour by hour streaming of content. Here's the thing about Long Way Up. I'm not used to this because I'm used to seeing everything being released all at once in typical Netflix fashion. So you can just binge watch like the whole season all at once. Mm -hmm. And this is like, oh man, I got to wait another week to watch the next episode. I like that. I find it makes me appreciate it more. Think so? Uh, you know, well, you, saw yeah, that, you saw that Showtime is going to have a special 10 episode Dexter run. I know. Uh, next year, fall of 2021 is when it's expected to uh, debut. I love Dexter. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a show like there's 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 only a handful of shows that when you think about the finales or at least the episodes leading up to the finales where they're either critically acclaimed for how great the series finale was or they were deadpanned as being terrible. And there's only like I know Lost had its critics when that show ended and Dexter was another one that people just could not believe how it was ending. Like there were certain things happening in season eight that people thought, oh, maybe they'll tie the loose end this way. And then all of a sudden, like the sister dies. Spoiler alert. Listen, at this point, <laughs> by the way, if you're if you're not aware of the show too late, um, but like the sister dies and then he buried, you know, he fakes his death and, you know, his girlfriend's in, in South America and, and the kids with him and all this strange stuff. And people are like, what the heck is this? And he's like in the Pacific Northwest as a lumberjack. Just sitting on an empty table, just yeah. like pondering what comes next. Yeah. People yeah so Dexter was a good show in the sense that it, when it first started, it had some good momentum. It did have its ups and downs. Like the second season was like, oh my God. Third season, the one with John Lithgow, ooh, it was oh, really, yeah. that That's, was really good. That was the benchmark season. So, but it, it definitely felt rushed at the end. You know, like, let's wrap this thing up. You know, we got we to gotta finish it and stuff. So sometimes, yeah, a lot of those shows, they, they tend to go a little too long. The nice thing about Breaking Bad, I know, Eric, you haven't seen it, but it's mm -hmm. five seasons and it's, and it's short enough where you can actually binge watch it, but it's it's so well thought out. I mean, it's the there's a reason why it's the number one rated show of all time. You, yeah. You'll understand when you watch it. It's one of those shows, however, when you watch it. And sorry, we'll get into the Tesla stuff here in a second, but we got to have this discussion. But it's one of those shows that it takes the first season to really get into it. And by the second season, it definitely takes a different shift because you can tell the cinematography is dialed in especially the cinematography. They really, really dial it in on the second season, and it just keeps yeah. going and going and going. And the nice thing is that they use the same team and the same crew for Better Call Saul, which is a prequel just on the lawyer with some Breaking Bad characters that were thrown in. And they use the same team. So right from the first episode, it's already dialed in. So that's an awesome series to watch too. So, But make sure you watch Breaking Bad so you get the references for Better Call Saul. But I think I remember even you were saying when you started watching... Um, Breaking Bad that for you it, it took those few episodes because you weren't sure you were going to really dig it but then once you got to like episode four or five then you're yep. like okay about now now I see where this is going yeah but it takes about episode six for really to start yeah. like getting it dialed in and like I said it was um, you know Vince Gilligan uh, was the primary writer on that he did a bunch of episodes for X-Files and you know excellent writer um, but yeah you can tell that it takes about six episodes to really get it you know, just get right into it. And I told my dad the same thing because he had not seen the series. And I told him, look, you got to give it six episodes. 
like it's easy to get discouraged after the first or the second because you're like, what the hell is going on with this thing? But by the by the sixth episode, you can start. Oh, I see what's going on here, and it just goes downhill. Anyways, we're not going to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> Definitely watch it. Listen, we haven't done a show in about three weeks. We thought we'd dive in because we've got lots and lots and lots and lots of Tesla stuff to talk about because it's getting really exciting, especially um, today and yesterday. Elon just got on Twitter. Man, was that guy on fire. So <laughs> we got lots of stuff to talk about. Um, first story, I think, is a little bit of a runner-up because um, we haven't done a show in about three weeks, so we're kind of going back in time. It might be old news for some of you, but I was really lucky. I got a, I got a response back from Elon on Twitter. Um <laughs> Let me bring up the tweet here for some of you who have not seen it. Let's switch the screen around so you guys can see it. So I, um, I did a little poll on September 20th. I says, please let Elon know we want waypoints. This has been a discussion we've been talking about for, uh, I mean, I forget how many years now in the Tesla community. And Elon said, fine, we'll do it already. <laughs> so it looks like sometime in the near future, uh, we will finally get waypoints. <clears throat> I know we've had this discussion before. Eric seems to think that, uh, well, maybe we do, maybe we don't need it, but some people want that. So it looks like we finally got Elon's attention on that one. So uh, that one got lots of likes. Anyways, not toot my own horn, but uh, I know lots of people prior to me had asked. I was just lucky enough that uh, he answered. Uh, Raphael was very vocal about That's it. Our true. friend uh, Tesla Tino mm -hmm. yes. was on the case a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, is that... I think with Elon sometimes when it comes to new features that maybe he bucks the trend a little bit or he pushes back, you need someone to actually sit down and actually make a proper case for it. And I don't think anybody actually took Elon and, and took him by the side and said, hey, listen, this is why we should do this. And uh, Raphael did an awesome tweet some time ago where he actually explained it, why it was important. Yeah. Um, and I don't, th I don't think Elon got it. And for whatever reason... This just finally got him pushed over the edge. I don't know. Literally the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, I don't know. Maybe they had it in the works, and then he finally decided, fine, we'll do it all. I don't know. But uh, anyways, nice to know that uh, we're going to get some kind of update on that. All right. So uh, first story we're going to talk about is um, <laughs> this has been a year of price adjustments at Tesla. <laughs> it always seemed like the first part of the year didn't, like a week didn't go by when we see some kind of price adjustment with Tesla. Well, um, they adjusted the model, uh, the Model S got a, a price adjustment <clears throat> um, earlier this week uh, where they dropped at $3,000. Not not the ludicrous model, so the performance model and the base model both dropped. Uh, dropped. Uh, if we bring up the Tesla Design Studio here, you can see. Okay, so the Long Range Plus is coming in at uh, 69420 How juvenile, but this is Elon. This is why he sent out his tweet, and he says, The gauntlet has been thrown down. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Model S price changes down to $69,420 tonight. Now, that happened late last night, so this is where the price adjustment. So we've basically had, uh, what, a $5,000 price adjustment on the Model S. No one of the cars have been affected. Model X is still there. But um, anyways, uh, some of us are thinking it was a bit of a response to Lucid Motors, of course, because they finally announced the base price of their car on the Lucid Air. So I think uh, Elon was having a little bit of fun on, uh, on Lucid's part. Um, the other thing, too, is I think it gives a pretty nice price spread between, because, uh, you know, a lot of ways they were a little too close together. Um, so it really spreads out the, the Model S. And I mean, we're only a few thousand dollars more than a fully loaded Model 3 now. Mm -hmm. So really good value. If those guys want a, um, a long range Model S that does, you know, what is it? 402 miles EPA rated with more cargo space. 
Yeah. And considering now that they charge at 200 kilowatts, you know what? Uh, for long distance travel and a really roomy car, that's a hell of a package. Yeah. Yeah. Good value, I think, for a lot of people. Still needs a refresh, though. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. So good I news do wonder, that. though, how long the pricing will stay like that. Because if, if <laughs> Elon and Tesla are, if anything, we know are uh, known for their price changes in both directions. So it would not surprise me if there's, you know, some modicum of, you know, clarity that happens at some point. They go, yeah, we need to we need to change that a bit. We can't be that low for that long. But it also makes you start thinking if there's a refresh in the horizon and the lower price point begins to drum up sales for Model S. And then they go, all right, we got a we got a you know surplus of entry level Model S start getting those out of the lots. And then that way it makes room for. Well, production ramps in 2021. We, we are starting the th uh, <clears throat> fourth quarter. We're at the beginning of a fourth quarter. So, yeah, there's always demand levers to push things around. Uh, Tesla's, I mean, they've got margins. They can move things around. Um, I know a lot of people like to focus on Tesla's price changes, but you know what? The auto industry changes the prices all the time. Employee pricing this month and then rebates mm -hmm, yeah. next month. And it's just, you know, they look at Tesla, oh, they're dropping the price of their car. I mean, making it sound like you're cutting the price in half. No, they're not. It's like 1%. It's not a big deal. But it is what it is. But I wonder I wonder if Model S sales, whatever their forecast might have been, if they're seeing that for the year, and again, we're in the midst of the pandemic still, and it's sadly getting worse. But, um, you know, if the numbers are behind where they thought they would be at this point of the year, and they're trying to maybe just, mm -hmm. again, try to ramp That's up true. sales for Q4. So it's it, there could be a number of different things. I mean, I think the optics are that it's a playful uh, ploy against what Lucid did uh, in the last couple of days this week, but but at the same time there could be some other business minded decisions behind it to also make the change. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. What was I going to say? Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Not important. Choo -choo. Oh well. All right. Um, another story. Um, so on Twitter, uh, the guys at Clean Technica uh, wrote an article about FSD. They're talking about um, autopilot updates and notes from Elon Musk. And Elon took to Twitter and said that limited FSD beta will be released on Tuesday of next week. A lot of people thought it was this week. No, it's not. It's on the uh, on the 20th, um, as promised. And he says this will, at, le at first, be limited to a small number of people who are expert and careful drivers. Now, I have to parse this a little bit because the way I read this is that, well, I don't know. If I was a betting person, I'm, I'm thinking... Um, maybe a very few people in the early access program or employees first. Keep it close to home. I, I mean, this is not going to be widespread because if they're going to be using FSD on the streets, uh, regulators haven't approved all this stuff. So they got to be doing this in little areas. Like California is a given because they have licenses for doing that. Arizona and Nevada are two other states, I think, that where they where they have some legal, legal abilities to do this kind of thing. So... Anyways, don't expect to just flip the switch. If you bought FSD, all of a sudden you're going to get this thing. This is this is a, uh, um, um, a, a, a baby steps. Baby steps. Thank you. <laughs> think of it. Think of it like a focus group. They're just going to have a handful of people yeah. to yeah. test it and give their feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I'm thinking it's going to go to employees first, and maybe a small set of the. Um, already vetted people in the early access program based on geographic location. That's my take on it anyways. But it just shows that, um, you know, they're getting to the point now where they can finally release, you know, parts of this new rewrite they've been working on for quite some time. So curious to see what it's going to be. Um, expect to see leaks. 
So, you know, the Twitterverse and the uh, YouTubes will be full of uh, people showing off what this thing can actually do. I, I think in a lot of ways, if, if you want to get an idea of what it's going to be like and maybe what some of the graphics are going to look like, you got to go back to a year, more than a year ago um, at the um, Autonomy Day um, thing. I actually put a video up on my YouTube channel. If you go and look at it, um, I did a close-up shot <clears throat> because the graphics on the screen were a little different. So if you go and watch that, I think you'll probably get a little bit of an idea of uh, what we're actually going to see during that. So anyways, be interesting, but expect to see leaks fairly soon on that. So uh, moving along, it's always good to see that. Um, speaking of which, I think this is kind of interesting. Um, uh, go, going in hand in hand with FSD is, is the concept of how do you charge a car that may not have a driver in it with the supercharging stations. Now, back in 2015, when Tesla announced the dual motor Model S at the, the D event, um, Elon talked about, yeah, we're going to do some kind of like Metal Gear Solid Snake type of thing going to the charger. And then shortly after that, they, they showed off this really creepy video. And for those of you watching on YouTube here, I'll, I'll bring up the video. You guys can watch it. Where they developed this, uh, this snake thing uh, that actually moves <clears throat> at, a, at, a, you know, at a, a fixed station that finds its way and goes into the charge port. Um, we haven't seen this thing in the wild in any shape, way, or form, or any developments of this thing since this or original video. So I don't know what other improvements that they've made for it. It's creepy as hell. Uh, there's been lots of memes about this, and you can check it out online. But anyways, so Elon, um, some people were asking Elon about this. Uh, let me just cancel the video here because that's not interesting anymore. And we'll just bring up the, the tweet. Um, someone on uh, named Zane on uh, Twitter had asked, will we ever see the automatic snake charger? And Elon responded with a simple yes. So it looks like it's still in the works. It's still in the plans. Um, a lot of people have been asking about this same, you know, this this ideology of, of like, how do you actually charge a car that's self-driving? You know, do you do the, the induction charger thing on the ground? There's too many power losses as far as that's concerned. So it's interesting to see that they're still working and still thinking about doing this, but I think it's too soon. But uh, if we start seeing some of these things being uh, deployed in the next year or so, we know that uh, there's a possibility of a robotaxi fleet actually happening. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, to me, it's there's really two things I think about. One is, if if I have a snake system, like, again, we've seen the video from some years ago, if you have something like that, to me, there's too many points of failure that are possible. Right. Like if, you know, if the mechanics at all break, like who's going to come out and fix those? You know, they're going to be at various locations around the world. Um, you mentioned induction as a power concern to me. Those I don't find much different because uh, certainly there is still power feeding through the cable. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, it just it, it has a lot of questions in terms of how they would go about planning a deployment of something like that. And then, um, you know, service issues and the like. Um, I, I just I, somehow to me that doesn't seem to be the smarter way to go. It's the cooler way to go, right? Like that's really neat uh, in terms of how it looks. Um, it also makes me wonder: Are they going to start coming out of the ground and taking over the world? No, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. That's not going to happen. Um, there is no Skynet. Get over it. Anyway, um, but in but I think induction. I mean, there's been conversations about like having solar roadways and a number of different things that as you're driving, your car can charge or get into a, a fixed location that would work. Um, I, I don't know. I just, they both have their drawbacks. I just, I, I think that the sneak option to me just seems like there's more ways it could fail than not. 
I could be wrong. It just uh, seems it just seems like it's a, that's a lot of factors at play to make sure it's working all the time. I will mention something, and I hear you, and I understand where you're coming from. <clears throat> I don't know how many people are aware of this, but when Tesla built the first four, three supercharging stations, the cabinets um, were not, they didn't always look like they do today. Right. Uh, the original cabinets, actually, the cable was actually stored inside the cabinet, and the door would open, and then it would reveal the cable. I would suspect, to your point about the uh, being able to protect this uh, snake charger type thing, that they would probably build some kind of variant of that type of supercharging cabinet where the cable would be stored inside securely in such a way that it would only reveal itself when, when needed. I don't know. That's just kind of my way of thinking. I don't think they would just leave it out in the open like they do right now because, yeah, there, obviously there are some some issues with that. So, anyways. Well, it has to be for certainly for northern climates where you have snow and ice oh, buildup. Yeah. It has to be some sort of an enclosed system where you know obviously an access door would open and then it can come out. Because yeah, the, it looks to me like the mechanism, even if you made it a lot more robust, uh, for sure the thing's going to freeze up if you leave it exposed like the existing cable. So it'd be really interesting to see what they do. But I I have a funny feeling this is the route that they're going to go. To me, for them to have attendants standing around waiting for cars to show up just to plug them. No, in. no, no, that's not going to happen. No, it has to be completely no. automated. No. So, you know, do they, or do they go with a, a half and half solution where they're going to have some degree of inductive and some snake chargers? You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. Interesting to see. Yep. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. If we find anything more of interest, uh, we'll, we'll keep everybody uh, apprised. Um, so the next story we want to talk about is finally Tesla is going to be expanding into a new market as of early next year. The uh, Tesla Owners Club of India asked Elon, "Hey Elon, we just thought we'd put this out there. We wait and hang. <clears throat> uh, while we wait and hang out to hope, uh, hopefully get to India soon. I I'm really tongue-tied tonight. I'm sorry." Um, Even off for a few weeks. Yes, <laughs> would love to hear any uh, progress in this regards. And uh, why is the snake charger back on my screen again? I'm so sorry about that, folks. All right, here we go. Here's the tweet. Elon said next year for sure. Apparently, the configurator is going to be going live uh, for India. So yeah, a new market. So those of you who think that Tesla uh, is in every market, I got news for you. They are not. They're officially not in Russia yet. They are, oh, wait, yeah, I think they are in parts of Russia. Anyways, India, new market for them. Plenty of other places to go to. What, what on earth took so long? That, to me, seems like it's a place with huge potential. I don't get why they wouldn't have been there already. Well, I think I'm you can make it a case for that for every country where Tesla doesn't have a presence. I mean, there's lots of people that would buy it in, you know, South America. They don't have any presence in, in real South America at this point mm -hmm. yet. I mean, infrastructure is a different thing. All you have to do is watching the long way up to really understand where infrastructure is sitting at this point. We're, yeah. You know what? We're quite spoiled being in North America, Europe, those type of countries. Uh, electricity is everywhere, level two. There's infrastructure everywhere. But when you get out into the weeds sometimes, yeah, it could be a bit of a challenge. I mean... <laughs> I mean, let's also not forget that even here in the U.S., we have states that don't have direct sales to Tesla. So it wouldn't be surprising mm -hmm. if there's some, you know, you have to work with governments mm -hmm. on getting some stuff there. So we, let's not just assume that it's just Tesla sitting in their hands deciding, you know what, India can wait. They're they're fine. Like, no, there may be some other reasons that are just not publicly known that could have, you know, caused them to sort of piecemeal their way down to the point where now he's allowed to make an announcement because maybe they've, finalizing agreement with the indian government yeah yeah absolutely oh yeah no, no i i never yeah. for a moment assumed that it was just they were you know couldn't couldn't be bothered yet right uh, I, I figured there's some regulatory or bureaucratic issue whatever oh, just absolutely. curious to, to hear what it is homologation you know yeah. yeah okay all right 
Um, looks like we're getting some more features again. Uh, software update. You know what's curious, and I thought I would mention this. We haven't seen um, we haven't seen version eleven yet. Um, looks like every every year for the last three years we've gotten a new version, version nine, version ten. We're we're due for version eleven. Um, Are we though? Well, yeah, there's always been released around the September, October time frame. Yeah, but I mean, you said it's only been three years. I mean, I mean, look, everything that I've come to know about my life prior to February of this year, <laughs> that's that's just all far distant memories. Right now, I'm in like some multiverse experience. <laughs> um, you know, like I'm used to running races at Disney coming up. Now, like there's so many things going on yeah. uh, that are on your calendar that were on there January 1st. And then all of a sudden you just look at your calendar now and it's either a series of ink marks from all the tears you've been crying over them um, or you've just basically scratched everything out in Sharpie. Um, so, I, I, you know, there's there's been a number of things that happened this year at Tesla. We certainly documented them on this podcast a number of times uh, when they were temporarily shut down in Fremont to, you know, the ramp up for Model Y. And they just had a lot going on. Battery Day was, of course, a major deal for them. Um, so oh, China, Berlin, like there's been a lot going on. It, I think they're okay if they didn't have any major software releases, uh, you know, now this time of the year. I mean, Elon could spring something up in December. You never know. Oh, true. Um, but there's but there's been no hints of anything coming out this year, and it's understandably why. Well, my theory on that would be it's, you know, the 4D FSD. It's this next-gen FSD has been probably sucking up all of the brain power sure. in that department. So, you know, I, I think this luxury of getting a new interface with all sorts of fun new things has been just sort of shelved temporarily while they get, because that's that's got to be a stretch, man, to get that all working. When you read what they've done, they've basically ripped it all apart and virtually mm -hmm. started from scratch, you know, yeah. the way this now, I also blame Raphael for the waypoints thing. I, I, that's probably <laughs> such a time-consuming thing. <laughs> So it's okay. We we forgive them. Um, uh, unless they decide, to, unless with this FSD thing, if they're actually going to push it out, because we still have another couple months before the year's out, um, that they would wrap it maybe into, you know, a whole package all at once. And here's, here's a be. new UI, you know, something like that. I don't know. There's, there's still, still room, but I'm still keeping my fingers crossed because, you know, we've been, you know, we've been expecting this version 11. One of, one of my favorite <laughs> things to see on social media, especially on Twitter is when there's a software release. Now, my car doesn't notify me right away if it's not on the network, and that's fine. But I see everyone else gets the notifications, and they post the screenshots and stuff. Yeah. And then they like, oh my god, yay, it's Christmas! And then they get the download. Oh, it's just bug fixes, man. Well, that's I literally bug. did that three days ago. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, you guys are so, like, I laugh it off because I'm like, Tesla owners, by and large, are so damn spoiled. <laughs> like, like my my iPhone will have like a minor update and go, all right, well, you're fixing some minor thing. All right, great. Like you're fixing a bug. Fantastic. You well, know? here's for those of you who 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 might be tuning into the podcast, maybe the first time or whatever. We've talked about this many times before. The way Tesla. Um, numbers their their software releases okay so you have 2020 that's the year release and then the second digit is the week that it's been not necessarily released but bundled up and, and released and then the third digit really indicates bug fixes that very rarely will they introduce new features in that third digit so if you're on 2020.36.1 just for a number and then you see 2020.36.2 don't expect any new features it's usually bug fixes right I got uh, 40. 
I forget. I got to check my phone. <laughs> I don't keep track of where he I am. He wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready for this one here. So I'm sitting at uh, uh, 2020.40.4. I was at 40.3, and the very next day or a day or, day or two later, yeah. I got dot four. So that was a bug fix. I was not expecting it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's nice to see a, a software update, but I'm not expecting any new features. So when we see another release, so if it goes to like dot 42 or dot 46 or something like that, we know that um yeah there's going to be some new features in there and that's when you can expect them to see on your screen but yeah that's basically it works so if you see a, a change in the third digit don't expect any new features it's the second digit that's most important and then next year when they start releasing it'll be 2021 dot i don't know first week or something dot one or whatever so that's basically how how tesla numbers their um their software updates so uh, for those of you who want to know all right uh let's see here what else here we're going to talk about oh yes we were <laughs> got sidetracked here. It's supposed to be a new feature coming out. Um, someone on Twitter had asked Elon, can we tap to enlarge the different camera views when we're backing up? I want to embiggenate these pictures. And um, I don't blame him for that. There's, I mean, it's nice to have the two extra side repeater cameras that come up when you put it in reverse. But yeah, I'd like them to be a little bigger. Uh, Elon confirmed says yes, coming soon. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. It'd be nice to be able to like in century mode tap on one of those pictures to get it a little bigger there's times when i'm backing up i want to see how much space i got beside me and that i mean i have to wear glasses and it's a pain in the butt uh to be able to see some of those little those squares and stuff so i don't know Always i sometimes features. wonder when when these releases get put out um that's what she said but when these when these releases get put out there how many people are clamoring for that thing or they see that elon's responding to someone's tweet Saying, all right, you know, we'll work on that. And again, we know we don't know what the time frame is. If people see that and go, finally, finally, we're getting that right. Like some of these releases, I think about, you know, for a certain audience, it doesn't really mean much of anything. Like I, I don't really use all three cameras for backup. I just have the one main camera, and I'm fine. Um, it was a nice addition to have the side cameras, but when I started using it, it threw me off visually. Like I couldn't get used to yeah. having all three cameras on. Yeah, so it's it's you know it's, well the nice it thing is about it's, it's optional, right? You have to swipe up, and it remembers that. So yeah, if you don't like but I, it, but it's it is those things that like these you know for these people who hammer him on social media um, to like I need this, I need this, and I sometimes wonder like, are you in such a small minority of owners that that's not really that big a deal? Like the waypoints thing, maybe there was a reasonable number of people saying, oh yeah, I'd like that too. That would be kind of cool. Uh, it'd be like going to some kid's birthday party and saying, all right, who wants, who wants chocolate ice cream, right? Like, you know, there's Everyone. a certain section that makes sense. But if someone's like, who wants pistachio? Like there's not exactly a major demand for that, relatively speaking. Now, if I was at Trevor's birthday party and I said, who wants coconut? We know Trevor's raising his hand, but everyone else leaves the room. So, you know. <laughs> Eric knows I have a love of coconut ice cream. Kilwin's Coconut in Florida, my favorite. Anyways, um, I don't know. You'll, you'll get it in a few years. Yeah, yeah I, know, know, I when, know. When we open the borders again. Um, I don't know. Elon's response to that one it just indicates that this was already in the works. He's just confirmed, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, coming soon. So, all right. I like the next one, though. I yes, our friend Kim. Our friend Kim Paquette um, hopped on. Oh, son of a gun. I just lost the tweet. Uh, sorry, I got to bring it back here. Uh, let me just bring it up. So, okay. 
So yes, our friend Kim uh, had asked Elon, can we get an option to delete all Sentry footage at once? They tend to pile up and corrupt the card. Elon said, yes. Now, I know some people have been saying, well, well you can just format it from the screen. The thing is, is that you lose everything. There's a time when you want to select all of your footage, so you, like select all and just hit go without deleting your saved clips or maybe your um, Sentry mode or whatever. So yeah, I think that's, that's good. To, I mean, I've said this many times before, um, the addition of sentry mode and the dash cam is very much still in its infancy, right? These are features they've been building on and adding new features as they go. Uh, they're not done yet. And the fact that, um, well, we'll talk about something else here in a second that kind of ties in with this. Um, I think sentry mode is, is probably, in my opinion, one of the best software features they've ever added to the car. And I think Tesla is really taking that to heart and they think that it's um, um, a key feature to the cars now. And I don't see them stopping uh, working on development of that and improving on it. So, is it just me, or am I seeing way less incidences of people like breaking in or vandalizing the cars? That's it's true. like, are the crooks starting to get wise? I, I mean, is it really starting to have an effect? I can only hope so. That'd be a fantastic <laughs> if it's a real proof of concept, right? If like people are like, oh no, you can't mess with those cars, man. They're going to get you. Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of both. It's true because when when they had those really bad rashes of break-ins in California, yeah. um, <clears throat> it was all over the news. It was all over Twitter. And, and they were arresting people like crazy. Yeah, and then they came out with the sentry mode and um, it's just been slowly dying away. Like, I don't remember the last time I've actually heard of well, of one of these after break-ins. we got Sentry Mode, I'd say for a year solid, you saw every conceivable type yeah. of thing happening to the cars, and it was recorded. And but one by one by one, people were getting caught. You know, a lot of them made television news stations. You know, oh, I'm, and, I'm sure it's uh, had an effect on people that are yeah. you know thinking about it and you know uh, realizing that oh yeah, don't mess. I mean, word of mouth spreads, right? Well, you take a few yeah. people that get caught with this, they're going to tell all the friends and family. Yeah, man, yeah. I got. Uh, I got put yeah. in a slammer or I was on national TV for breaking into a car. Yeah, don't mess with these Teslas. I mean, I have no other explanation as to why they vanished. Either that or it's because everybody's staying home because of COVID and like nobody well, touches Teslas yeah, anymore. I mean, what yeah. what well, else could they come up with? When all- it's because uh, <laughs> Miami Sound Machine, Glory Stefan, they came out with a new hit single, uh, Center Road's Gonna Get You. So it, it, it was, it, I, I'm and not we sure have a show correct. title. I'm not sure if it hit the Billboard 100. Uh, might not even yeah. been the Billboard 1000, but I that may be uh, part of the reason why. She has to I, cut that. Now. I, I, would, I would imagine. I would imagine there are people listening to this uh, in their cars or on their favorite listening devices, or they're watching YouTube and they're just cringing at the awfulness <laughs> of that joke. And I will tell you, it doesn't matter because if it makes my cohorts love the show title, I'm all for it. Yes, I can always count on. I'm gonna be singing that the rest of the night now. Sentry mode's gonna get you. Hey, 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 don't be singing anything. We don't want any copyright strikes on YouTube. That's right. Oh, you never know what they're always dreaming up. We're not even close to being in tune enough for that (laughs) to be considered a true ripoff of it, right? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, we have way too much fun. Um, all right, let's talk about Model Y. Model Y has been selling like crazy. It's been doing really well. Looks like the quality is finally improving. Um, Elon took to Twitter because someone had asked them again, well, you know, listen, our, our friend, uh, John at, uh, Tesla owner, Silicon Valley, any updates on the model Y seven seater? Elon responded, starting production on seven seater next month, initial deliveries in early December. Woohoo. So for those of you who want the third row seat in the model Y at the cost of $3,000 us forward facing seats. Hello. They will not be rear facing. Come on now. I don't know. We're still having this chat on Twitter with everyone. 
Anyways. Here's a good question. Do we think the leg room will be about the same or smaller than what's in the Model X seven-seater? Ooh, that's a really tough question. I would say... Model, that... Model X is already pretty tight. Now, it, if, you're going really on a tight. Short, if you're going on to dinner or something, a relatively reasonable in-town commute, it's, it's tolerable. If you're going on a trip, mm -mm. that's going to be some serious problem. Yeah, no, I, I've been I've been saying this for some time. I mean, having owned a Model X and sat in that rear seat, uh, yeah, uh, it, you can put two adults in the Model X in the very back, but not for long distances because it's not right. comfortable. Your knees are like under your neck. Uh, model Model Y. Uh, if you look at the reveal video <laughs> when they came up on stage, um, two very short women came out of the back of that right. car. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of room back there. And for those of you who are questioning, like, how much headroom and how are you going to get in and out, they're going to put the second row seats on sliders, just like the Model S. Push the, or Model X, and push the button, the seats are going to slide forward. That's how you get to get in. Don't assume that the Model Y, because the second row bench seat doesn't move right now, that you're going to have to crawl in through the back of the car. It's not mm -hmm. the way things work. It, it's exactly like a Model X. That's the problem. I think with the Model Y people that are looking at the third row seat, and they don't understand how things are going to work is because they haven't been exposed to a Model X. How do they do it in the Model X? You know, seven seat and the five seat uh, configuration with the bench seat. That's how they do it. They put it on sliders. So, but, I mean, but even then, the Falcon wing doors give you a lot of room to get in nah, and that's out of the car without. No, nah, that's irrespective. I don't. I don't know. The, the the Falcon wing doors, as far as I'm concerned, is like, yeah, okay, they're fine. Take it or leave it, as far as I'm concerned. But it 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 helps mostly with the second row, not the third row. No, I agree. I just know that you, when you, even when you move the second row forward uh, along the track, it still gives you ample room to get in that row without having to really sort of, you know, contort your body a certain way. It's going to be different when you have now a regular passenger door, mm -hmm. um, you know, where the entry is still smaller. That What's you know, if you're say a six foot four adult, you're probably going to want to sit in the second row or the front row. But oh, if yeah. you're, you know, say a, a petite person you know, five, four, then maybe that's just an easier seat for you to get into. But I'd I'm, I'm be interested to see once I get hands on a seven seater, just how, for me at five, nine, how easy it is to get into that third row. Mm. Yeah. You'll be bending over. <laughs> no, but imagine. I'm, I'm guessing you're going to be at the limit of anybody who's going to want to sit back there. I think oh, it's yeah. really engineered for kids. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, Tesla has been pretty silent on the whole matter. It's just like, they're not really explaining themselves like, okay, you know, they really didn't say, you know, who it's for. But, you know, having been in the Model Y, I've sat in the car lots of times, looked in the back seat. It was at the reveal event, um, looked at the rear seats, and I'm like, yeah, that's for kids. Really small people. You're not going to mm -hmm. put a six foot four guy back there. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. You wouldn't want to put one in a Model X, anyways, in the third row that's six foot four. Right? So, anyways. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, so, uh, people looking for a Model Y with the uh, third row, there's your answer. Um, sometime in December is when we will see them on the roads. All right, let's talk about Model 3. Model 3 is finally getting a refresh. Now, Elon has been saying many, many times before, well, we don't do refreshes. Not in the traditional sense, but, um, you know, because they always do running changes on the cars. Um, Model 3 has seen lots of changes, but so far they've been relatively minor. Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say this this change um, is, is significant because it's multi-tiered. So... First of all, I'm going to bring up some pictures here. Some of these pictures are courtesy of our friend uh, Whole Mars blog on uh, on Twitter. So the first thing is a, the most obvious thing uh, from the outside of the car is that, uh, and we've said this many times before, uh, 
Chrome is gone on Teslas. As soon as Tesla gets around to doing a refresh on the rest of the product line, Chrome is gone. They set the uh, set the stone with the first uh, new uh, next generation Roadster. Doesn't have any Chrome on it. Model Y doesn't have any Chrome on it. When I say Chrome, I'm talking about the bright work around the windows and the door handles. It's gone. It's black trim now. This is the trend the Germans are doing. So this is what Tesla did on the Model Y. So Model Three. Uh, black trim all the way around and again i'll say it again <laughs> when they get around to updating the model s you can expect the chrome trim to go away as well the other obvious choice is on the inside of the car they got a new center console so apparently the center console well first of all they got rid of the gloss black yay um no more fingerprints which is lovely um unfortunately for all the companies out there selling um fingerprint uh, uh, and vinyl kits and stuff are, are going to have a little tougher go at this but anyways doesn't mean that they can't still uh, release kits uh, to customize the car but anyways prediction, uh, prediction there's going to be super glossy versions coming out now to <laughs> true enough true enough all right so, yes and uh, yes vanta black yes then it would just disappear into the abyss right um, the other change is the forward compartment, the one that uh, everybody messes with the first time because it's magnetically held in place. You're always folding it, and, and it won't stick, and it won't stick. I've, I've, so many people have said the same thing. Oh, it's not staying. And then eventually the screen says, please close it gently. Anyways, apparently it's a roll cover now. So if you've been in a Model S or a Model X and they've got this roll cover thing, that's what it's similar, um, uh, same uh, arrangement. The cup holders have been moved forward a little bit, and the charging compartment for the phones it no longer has a cover. It's fixed in place. Um, I don't know if it opens or how you're going to get in there for... Uh, your USB ports and so on and so forth. I, I, I have a feeling it's based in that first compartment. Um, there is one other tidbit that I've been told. I'm going to get rid of this picture here so we can see our faces. Um, Tesla has moved either one USB port or they've added a USB port in the glove box. This in concert with the new pin to open the glove box means that you'll be able to hide your sentry mode in your dash cam USB key or storage device in the glove box. So it's out of the center console. So you don't have that's to worry brilliant. about break-ins anymore. So that's why I was saying a little bit earlier that Tesla really values this dash cam thing. This is how far they're taking it now. So they actually being able to hide uh, a hidden USB port in the glove box with a pin so that nobody can open it and steal your, uh, your, uh, your key and your footage. So, yeah, pretty cool that ways. Um, let's see here. Obviously, I don't have any pictures, unfortunately, but uh, new sport wheels. Ian, you can talk about this a little bit. I don't like them. Um, oh, boy, the controversy over this. It's just pretty, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah. You've seen them. It, talk about them. I have. Well, essentially, what they did with the 19-inch sport wheel is they gave it the same treatment as the Model S uh, Slipstream. If you go back a couple of years, uh, at one point, they updated the base 19-inch wheel on the Model S to something very similar, where they flattened the spokes and they gave it this very wide, flat, vertical lip. Um, and this is all done in the name of aerodynamics. It dramatically yeah. uh, reduces air, air drag. You know, based, I know, on the studies that we've reviewed and did ourselves, there's a lot of advantages in doing what they did with the slipstream wheel on the S. And this is basically, they took that exact same plan and applied it to the 19-inch sport wheel. 
and the result is what you see. I personally don't mind it. Um, I think I'm still in the camp of liking the original, but I don't mind what the new one does. Maybe that's just the arrow geek in me thinking, oh, this probably looks a lot better. But I don't find it that bad. The, the only problem is when you put that big one-inch solid lip around it, it tends to make the wheel smaller. Like everybody was convinced they were looking at an 18. And I understand why, because it, it does reduce, you know, your perceived diameter of what the wheel looks like. But yeah, I've got a picture of it. Keep talking here. Yeah. I'm going to bring it up here for people to be able yeah. to see it. The, the other thing I want to emphasize is this is 100% a cast aluminum alloy wheel. This is no way, shape, or form a cover. There was a lot of uh, theorizing going around that's a cover. I understand why, because when the slipstream came out, I thought the slipstream was a cover. The way it has this gigantic um, rectangular cutout with a void behind it for the valve makes it look like it's a snap-on cover. It is not. I've looked at the yeah, slipstream. Yeah, that's true. I remember detail. that. Yeah, and, and this is the exact same type of construction. So that's for sure, 100%. Right. So uh, I've got a picture up here on the screen for those of you who have not seen it. So you can actually see the ends of the spokes as they go in. They blend in with the edge of the wheel more than the previous ones. And it just gives it a, it's definitely a different look. It's an acquired taste. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it, but I understand the aerodynamics um, portion and, and why they did this. But um, I don't know. It To me, it makes the outer look look chunkier. And look yeah. more like a, and the way that it, as you said, the way that is designed makes it look more like a wheel, like a hubcap type of thing. But I don't know. I'm kind of surprised they didn't offer it in a darker color as an option. Maybe that'll be coming. Oh, that'll, that'll be, happen. Yeah, that's, that's that'll that'll hide a lot of that effect. That'll, that'll <laughs> hide those crimes. Effect. I predict lots of vinyl wrap kits for these things to make them look yes. a little better. <laughs> um, right. So I, I'm also of the opinion. I I. I I don't know why I have this gut feeling. I have I have no evidence to back this up whatsoever. I am almost certain that the piano black uh, center console in my car will prove to be the better quality product than the new one they're putting in. There are going to be people that feel like the door might be too cheesy, too flimsy, too cheap. I mean, I mean, already uh, when, and then and then a lot of people liked having the. Um, the door over the charging pad because if you wanted to leave a device there you could cover it and num people would be none the wiser if the new console is always open then you can't do that so there's there's certain you know takeaways that you get from this that makes you go hmm that is a bit different now how many folks leave stuff on their charging pads that left left to be seen but also you think about if the cup holders are more forward does that mean the compartment on the back is now larger and the one in the front is smaller uh you know so there's a lot of different things that you know accessories now from third-party companies how will those work with the new charge ports can they still fit in there um so there's a lot that we don't yet know um but i mean Apple will give out the schematics on their on their products and then we'll have new cases for the iPhone 12 before the phone even hits the market, right? Like to, we know when this podcast goes out, it's basically uh, um, pre-order day. But um, but it does make me wonder how many different um, how many different customers will look at this new center console and go, yeah, it, it looks cheap. It feels cheap or whatever it is. I mean, I'm hopeful I'm wrong. I just have a feeling that people are going to be like, you know, I kind of missed the original one. FineLab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at FineLab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us
for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. Right. So the other thing that uh, has been almost confirmed, uh, power lift trunk. And, uh, now, a, a lot of these leaks, you have to remember, came out of the filing that was done for the Model 3 uh, in China, in Shanghai. So, you know, we've said this before, is that whatever happens there will eventually happen in North America. Mm-hmm. A lot of these changes, especially for the pictures that have been leaked, the VIN number associated with at least one of the first cars spotted was destined for Europe. This kind of ties in with uh, fourth quarter production always being fronted for European cars at the start because they take the longest to shove off across the ocean and stuff. So um, North American cars, I haven't spotted any VINs yet. I would suspect we will see them later next month into December for deliveries on those cars. So that's when we'll know for sure. Anyway, so the scuttlebutt going around is that uh, definitely has a power lift trunk. This has been an often requested feature. A lot of people, I mean, there's aftermarket kits. I have one on my car. It's nice to have. Uh, a lot of people have been asking for that, so it looks like that that's going to happen. Apparently, some slightly updated headlights and taillights, a double-layer glass, which is supposed to help with uh, noise reduction mm-hmm. in the car. Very mm-hmm. welcome. I actually had that on my Lincoln. I saw a picture of the double-layer glass on the Model th- or someone posted, I think it was on the forum. Um, and I always thought with my Lincoln, because if you looked at the edge of the glass on the driver's side or the passenger side, it had this l- little divot. Um, in the middle of the glass, and I always wonder what was that all about. Well, apparently that's with double-layer glasses. So anyways, um, that's supposed to happen. Um, the aforementioned USB key in the glove box, and apparently the heat pump is a real thing now. That was one of the changes that they had done previous for cars started building in, I think it was August, where they changed the front tub. They made mm-hmm. it a little bit shorter in the front, or losing a little bit of space, just to make up a little room. And we were always like, why would they do that? heat pump uses a little more room on the Model Y. If you look at the uh, front trunk of the Model Y, it's quite deep because of the fact... Well, when I say deep, I'm talking between the firewall and where it actually ends uh, to make up for, uh, for room in there. So, yeah, apparently the heat pump is a real thing. It's going to happen. So, uh, And no, you're not going to be able to get a retrofit. I know a lot of people are like, can I get a retrofit? No, it's not going to happen. Didn't you ask, Trav? No, I was asking about something else. Oh, okay. The heated somebody, charge somebody... port. Heated charge port's the other thing that this car gets. Oh, the heated charge um, port? Yes, sorry. Oh, That's speaking of which, um, I think the guys at Whole Mars had uh, posted some pictures. Apparently, uh, the wiring has changed between the port and where it goes into the penthouse. It's very much like the Model Y. It's a solid conduit. So there are some definite changes on this car. So cosmetically, you don't see a lot of changes. And that's where Elon says, well, we don't do refreshes cosmetically. But there's a lot of stuff under the hood in this car that's changed. So uh, in my mind, definitely a refresh that's happening on this thing. So, ah, And it won't be the last. They're going to keep improving these cars. <laughs> so all yeah. welcome things. If you want these changes, sorry, folks, you're going to have to sell your car and upgrade. That's just the way, the <laughs> that's the way these things work. Aww. Well, a lot of people still have the rear-wheel drive, long-range Model 3, and they love that thing. Heck yeah, man. Let's go. Most efficient Model 3. Exactly. You cannot sell that car. It's a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. It's a great car. Especially mine when I have done no mods to it. (laughs) It's like the last one on Earth that's completely stocked. I have, have, I'm sorry, I have a cup holder insert. I I can remove that in like a second. So... (laughs) questions here i didn't get into that well that brings us uh, pretty much to the end of the tesla news so we thought we'd uh, spend a little time here and answer some viewer or listener questions a lot of you had sent this in via twitter um usually on thursdays when we record the show sometimes we do it on wednesdays but anyways watch my twitter feed subscribe um go and follow me uh, tesla owners online and uh, we will post a uh, a google uh spreadsheet 
or uh, sorry, a, a Google form where you can fill in to submit your questions for us to answer on the show. We've got some really good ones this week. We've got, uh, let me see here, one, two, three, four, oh, about eight or nine questions we'll get through. So let's just jump in here and get in. The first one comes, uh, first question is from Frank. He says, how long would it take, should it take, for a legacy automaker to design and build their first production electric vehicle? How long do you think Tesla has been working on its $25,000 entry? That's a really good question. Um, Ian, you're in the auto business. I've been following it a long time. I think on average, from a clean sheet design for most uh, auto manufacturers, it's anywhere from five to six years. That's about right. I mean, we know Tesla does things a little faster, mm. so who knows? Maybe they could have cranked it down to three, four, but... I have been told through unofficial channels that... Tesla went from drawings of the Model 3 to limited production in about two and a half years. There you go. Very, very quickly. And that's just because they just do enough to get it into production, and then they fix things as they go. <laughs> well, in, 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 and yeah. let, let us not forget, the reason why Tesla can do that is because you're essentially building it from the ground up, knowing you're just going to have a battery pack. So it'd be it'd be one thing for a legacy automaker who's trying to go from building what they've always been building. Like imagine imagine we flip the script where Tesla has always built an electric car, but now they're trying to build an ICE. Mm -hmm. mm. It's a whole different shift in mindset in terms well, of what you've always train. known to do. Yeah. You know? So there there are certainly challenges that these other manufacturers have encountered that we've largely discussed in the show about trying to get battery packs, trying to figure out body designs. I mean, there's a whole slew of things that they have to set up. It, the charging infrastructure is another one. Um, so it, even if they could, say, conceivably in four years, come out with a prototype, which they do all the time, let's be honest, it's a whole different thing to have a concept car versus actually producing mm -hmm. You know, changing your factory so you have the lines ready to go, all the components there. So it would not surprise me. I mean, it's, the challenges are, are, are well known, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if the six-year mark for most of these manufacturers is out the window for EVs because they can't seem to get something that's going to stick. It's almost like it's 180 degrees from Tesla. Like, I mean, if you talk to the Sandy Monroe's, Tesla seems to have problems with the dinosaur stuff, which is making the bodies. Mm -hmm. Drivetrains, electronics, solid. Um, mm -hmm. Traditional automakers... Um, when it comes to EVs, they're really great at the bodies. But if you look at the amount of recalls that have been happening and fires over the last few weeks, uh, you know, with Ford and Hyundai and, and Mercedes and all the other guys are making EVs and they're having fires all left, right and center. They seem to be struggling with, <laughs> with the drivetrain aspect of these cars, specifically mm -hmm. the batteries. So it's almost like 180 degrees. I'm telling you, they should do the way the the traditional OEMs have been going for a long time now. And that is consolidate, you know, like I've, I, I, we're in there all the time, you know, because I work with six different OEMs. And when we take the platforms apart and we start looking at stuff and talking to the engineers, it's like, wait a minute, you bought this part from where, you know, like, like my craziest moment in recent times was when we, we took apart, uh, was the newest little infinity, the, um, the, the 30 series one. And it turned lo and behold, it's an entire Mercedes chassis under there. I was like, what? You're not even affiliated with it. They just bought the entire Mercedes chassis. Well, that happens. On. Yeah. Well, exactly. So why can't they do this with Tesla? To me, you're completely insane at this point if you don't license the technology. Now, I understand there's been lots of arguments that Tesla's production constraint. They don't have the time or the resources. No, no, no. Duplicate what they're doing. Basically, get the licensing to build all of those exact components 
you know, order them from the same suppliers if you have to, get them to ramp up on their end. But why reinvent what is the absolute cutting, bleeding edge EV drivetrain and chassis when you don't have to? And then put your own bespoke touches on it. And it wins in a number of regards because you can create the style and appeal of the vehicle you want. You get to put a different brand name on it because lo and behold, I know we're all giant Tesla and boys. We love it. And it's, it's completely incomprehensible to us that anybody wouldn't want to buy Tesla. But there's people out there that don't necessarily want to buy a Tesla. Get over it. They want to have a Ford label. They want to have a Chevy, whatever, BMW, whatever you're attached to, you know, especially in North America, we're so brand loyal. It's such an important thing. Just buy the platform and then put your own secret sauce on it. Are, are you ready? Are you ready for this mind blow? It may never <laughs> happen, but here's what I think people should start considering. What? If you have an Acura, who mm -hmm. makes it? Well, Honda. Right. If you have an Infinity, who makes it? Nissan. Right. So we know we know that there are uh, Lexus, right? Made by Toyota. So we know there are luxury brands, yes, but they're yeah. really made by legacy automakers that we've all come to know for, you know, economy cars. I would say that, and I, I, if I was a, you know, Trevor mentioned if he was a betting man, if I was a betting man, <laughs> I believe in the next 10 to 15 years, some legacy automaker, well, I'm not saying they would sell to Tesla, but they would partner with Tesla at worst um, so that Tesla help, like, is able to utilize their facilities to have basically additional production lines. A lot of Tesla parts go into making the electric vehicle, and those companies can still smack their name on the badging for it, mm -hmm. but it's largely a Tesla DNA car. But right. it, has, it has the, you know, the little skins and other things that make it uh, you know, say a General Motors car or Ford or something like that. Like we we know there's been partnerships with Rivian and Ford that was well, you know, publicized. We know Lucid may eventually get into that at some point too. But it, I mean, but everyone sees what Tesla is doing. Rather than keep fighting them to compete with them, merge with them, find a way to unite with them, partner with them, let utilize their experience to help them get off the ground. Especially if there's a demand from the owners of those legacy automakers saying, no, we also want we want electric car, but we'd rather buy your electric car. Well, then great. Then let's work together because Tesla is by and large an American company. So if you're if you're gung ho about buying American cars, hello, there's an opportunity waiting for someone to some you know some CEO to go. It we'd be stupid not to. We're never going to beat them. We're never going to beat them. We might as well join them. Magna, I mean. Well, no, 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 no. Look, the industry is rife with these things. You know, Ford with Mazda. I mean, you have now uh, Mitsubishi, Nissan, uh, Renault. I mean, everybody now is in bed together. But because they're all traditional ICE automakers, there doesn't seem to be nearly as much stigma. The fact that Tesla is this upstart that came out of nowhere, they're a Silicon Valley company. The only thing I can see other than the fact that it's not invented here syndrome, like there's this just, just tremendous uh, sense of pride that they just can't get past. I think the only other thing that bothers them is for the most part, Tesla is like one of the most closed automotive ecosystems I've ever seen in my entire life. The only other company I can think of with consumer products that's anywhere near as bad as Apple. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are tight. Like yeah. you can't you can't touch anything they do. It's a closed system. And, you know, Elon has often said, we partner people for the supercharger network, you know, we partner people to supply parts, whatever, but you've got to take it the way it is. So I think there might be a fear that there's that tremendous control freak aspect to them that 
you know, would sort of put them off. That's the only valid concern I could see about partnering with them. But like I said, it doesn't even have to be a, a full-blown partnership in the sense that there's a financial exchange in the value of the companies or any of that nature. Just mm -hmm. buy this, buy the skateboard, buy the drivetrain, buy what you need, and then set it up your way and go. You know? mm -hmm. I mean, they're already willing to consider letting these automakers use the supercharging network if they wanted to do it. Oh, yeah. So there's there's already there's already been those olive branches of of partnerships that Elon's tossed out in the past. So I'm with you. Like there's there's just there are opportunities right there waiting for someone to go, hey Elon, can we have a conversation? Like yeah. why not? Mm -hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, they got pretty friendly with Volkswagen there for a little bit. But oddly enough, Volkswagen I think right now is is the best positioned to become the number two spot, you know, worldwide in EVs, they've they've got a huge amount of momentum, uh, and I think going it alone, ultimately, if they if they can commit, I know there's a huge amount of internal strife they got to get past. There's a, a lot of warring factions that are not at all on board with the EV yeah. aspect of it. But if they get past that, if they can survive it and go full EV, I think they're gonna they're gonna have a good run. It's all the other guys that I really worry about. Yeah. Oh, and to answer Frank's other question, I think they've been working on this $25,000 model blank for probably for a while. I think maybe even like after Model 3 got released, thinking Euro market, smaller car, less expensive. Um, I don't I don't think it's a recent revelation. I think they announced it now during Battery Day, but I think it's been in talks probably for well over a year. Well, at least since when they talked about it, when they did the official opening at the Shanghai factory, because that's yeah. when Elon first mentioned that they were going to set yeah. up a design studio in China. So yeah, it's it's been in the works for at least a few months. You can pinpoint the date, actually, because when Model 3 came out, I'm trying to think of the last time Elon said it, but he, oh, it was around the time, was it autonomy day? I'm trying to think of the timeline to put all the dates together. But I know, you know, during the autonomy day discussion, that was one of the things that came up. And his point was, well, you know, now with with autonomous vehicles, do we really see the the need to create a twenty five thousand dollar vehicle when you'll be able to just call up, you know, an autonomous Tesla and go wherever you want? I mean, for the average consumer, that's probably a better value proposition. But something between that point and the the discussion at Shanghai the, and the design the battery. studio. The new, yeah. It's the new battery. The, the the new battery allows for lower priced cars. Yeah. Plain, so there's two things simple. I think that happen sort of concurrently. There's the fact that the the, the new battery technology allows a twenty five thousand dollar car to be competitive and be compelling. And the other thing is, let's be honest, as as amazing as this new FSD system is going to be, I think they're still realizing they have a long way to go. Yeah. To get past the regulatory hurdles in so many mm -hmm. countries. So in the interim, there's demand, and why not go out and go and attack it? You know, at the smaller end of the spectrum. Yeah. Well, I think we should move on. We got a lot of questions here, so we've got to power through some of them. Uh, next question comes from Bad Monkey on Twitter. He says, uh, since the original Cybertruck likely won't be sold outside North America, would the tight Wolverine Cybertruck mentioned on Battery Day be the only option for international markets? How might the specs differ from the original? Uh, well, uh, thank you for the question. Uh, well, anything we talk about here is just pure speculation because we don't have any idea of what's mm -hmm. going on. Um, you know, European roads are a little smaller. Cybertruck's a big car. I don't know how well North American trucks do over in Europe, if anything at all. I would they're say, yeah, they're non-existent. I think, obviously, it would have to be a smaller truck of some form, like a like a what's what's the smaller um, maybe the old Chevy S10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you're seeing a very small revival of that. Ford brought back their Ranger. The funny thing is, the Ranger is today kind of at almost what the full size pickup was, you know, mm -hmm. 20 years ago. It's right. not that much smaller, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
big trucks but, rule. Uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're right, Trev. It would be something in that in that size range. Yeah. As far as a feature set was concerned, um, well, uh, provided that the Cybertruck is is, I mean, they can fit most of the same features into it, and you know, space is not that much of a limitation. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suspect it would be too far off. I mean, so you have to give some stuff away, like you know, the size of the bed in the back and and that type of thing. But hopefully, they don't scrimp on too many features, unless it's a price point they're trying to reach. I don't know. But uh, interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know. Cybertruck North America first, because that's where the money is. So, All right, moving on here. The next question comes from Mac. He says, are you, ex uh, are you expecting price increases along with the upcoming Model 3 updates? I am. Yeah, it could go either way. Um, I mean, you know, they could be small. I mean, it could go up $200, mm -hmm. uh, but that, by and large, makes it a price increase. Because you could, yeah. it could be that some of the stuff they're, they're replacing might be lower in cost to them, but then, like, do the new wheels cost more? Like, are you offsetting yeah. some numbers and your changes? I think the heat pump will add value. That's gonna. That's not something they're just gonna throw in for free. So it, yeah, I don't think we're talking a two, three thousand dollar price change. I don't think it'll be that substantial. But if it's un under a thousand, I wouldn't find that surprising. No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But it could go either way. I don't. I don't expect them to drop the price at this point. Right. But at least keep it the same. But I would see them probably increasing it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, a thousand bucks or something like that. It's not not the end of the world. I mean, mm -hmm. there's lots of value proposition, um, you know, in certain aspects. The heat pump, number one, the power lift trunk. Those two things you put it in there. Those there's some value proposition mm -hmm. as far as that's concerned. Uh, let's see here. Next question comes from Todd. Am I in the right order here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Todd. Yes. Um, do you think the Berlin built Model Y will have the new wiring harnesses, 300 meters or less? That's a really good question. Um, we do know that it's going to have the new front and rear casting as well as the new structural battery pack. Um, again, we're looking at Berlin at this point. It's looking like it's going to be late summer, early fall, I think, you know, start of early production on that car. I don't know. It, it could go either way. Um, I know it's a patent that they, that they had done. I would suspect if they are going to do it, that would be the time to do it. Um, you know, they're doing the, the structural battery pack, the new cells at the factory. Um, Elon did say on Twitter that that is where they were going to start the pilot production for this. And if it works out, then they would bring it to Fremont. Um, obviously, Austin is going to get all this new tech and stuff. So, yeah, I, w I would suspect if they're going to do this wiring harness that they made a lot of noise about, that would be the place to start. I don't think so. I'm thinking it would require a rework a lot of the components, and they're going to want to keep component commonality, I'm guessing, worldwide as much as they can. And having changing the casting doesn't affect that. I mean, in so much that, you know, those are relatively large parts that can be unique to the European model. But when you think about how all those components interconnect, like the connectors would all be different, right? If it's really that flat wiring oh, yeah. system, whatever. So I'm, I'm just, I can't see it. it. It would require so many changes to so many aspects of the vehicle. Well, I was kind of thinking they would launch it on the Cybertruck. Well, yeah, but everything's changing now. Now the fact that the Model Y is going to get this new, the first car to get the structural battery pack. Well, yeah. probably around the same time as, as, the, as the car. I mean, if you look at the Model 3, everything's built into the penthouse, right? Mm -hmm. On the top of the battery pack. So if you're going to make a new battery pack, and you're going to have to change electronics and, and build a new penthouse and stuff there's the time to, to do that. I mean, the voltage changes, uh, the inverters, all that stuff, that's where it's but, all at. But you still have all that legacy wiring that goes to the mirrors, you know, into the fans oh, and the white 
that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of thing in the back of my mind. If you're going to chop like three quarters of the length of the wiring out, you're doing something very radical to all that. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe at the end of the day, you know, you could make this super compact harness that has the same connectors and it doesn't change your components at all. Yeah. Who knows? What <laughs> well, Just we'll keep what, an eye I, on I, it. Picture. Yeah, but I, I still think that if they can pull it off, that would be the time to do it. All right, next question comes from Thomas, who says, after watching your video about uh, changing brake pads, I noticed the uh, Model 3 performance discs have blue discoloration after a hard brake at the Autobahn. Is this normal, or should I go to a service center to check my brakes? Ian, you want to take that one? There can be two things causing that. One of them is if you got the brakes really, 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 really hot, which we did, as you saw in the video, I managed to get the, the front rotors up to about 1,000 degrees, and they're clean as a whistle. They've never looked as nice, as a matter of fact. They're so clean and shiny <laughs> Even, really even after all the honing now? Maybe I should do yeah. that. You should get some of these pads and they scrape absolutely everything off. Thank yeah. you, Alice. I don't know, 900, but, 900 bucks for pads? Holy crap. Yeah. So you can have that. If you get rotors to an extraordinarily high temperature, they will turn blue, like a, a lot of different metals will. Depends on the exact metal composition of your mm -hmm. rotors. But what can also happen is you get like a very high amount of pad transfer. Like you'll actually get some of the friction material from the pad transferring onto the rotor in a very short period of time. And that mm -hmm. in itself can discolor and recreate these blue patches. If you were able to send us uh, an image, if you want to tweet one at me or just post one up on the forum somewhere where you mm -hmm. can see what your rotors look like, I'd have a much better idea if, if that's what it is, then I really wouldn't worry about it. Even if your rotor itself turned blue for a short period of time, uh, it shouldn't be a big concern. I mean, with um, normal driving, it should go away. Of course, with our cars, being that they don't use the brakes very much, it could stay like that a long time because you're regening all the time. So I would actually encourage you to go out, make some moderately quick stops, not like, you know, 200 to zero Autobahn stop, but see what happens after a few fairly firm stops if, if it cleans up the rotors. Um, but as long as there's no cracking signs, there's probably nothing really wrong with them. You know, cracking is, is where you really get into uh, trouble with if the rotors get seriously overheated. Mm -hmm. So if there's no warping, vibration, or cracking, I think you're probably fine. Okay. Well, there you go. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, next question comes from Carlo. Ian, how much of your car fell apart on the track run? <laughs> I love I love the honesty of that question. Well, it, I did, you know, we, we kind of rushed through so many, we covered so much ground in that video. So we were like very fast edit on all the scenes and all you saw was me being black flagged and then we're just holding a chunk of the bottom of the car. So people must be, holy crap, what did you do to it? So that was really the only casualty that day was the uh, the shield. The shield had been coming loose for some time. Like my wow. shield has been slowly disintegrating. I have an early, you know, obviously with a, an early generation 2018 car, I've got the super wimpy, you know felt like material shield which i don't know what they were thinking when they engineered that but anyway mine was on its last legs and just a few beats around the track were enough to, to dislodge it i guess all the airflow so uh yeah we we tore the remnants of it off and that was it but honestly the car sur survived amazingly well i've seen no ill effects whatsoever it drives beautifully there's no new noises everything is tight uh, it could go another month on the track. I don't think you'd notice anything about it. It's... Have you ordered a new uh, underbody pan thing? Um, I'm looking into that. You know what's interesting is a few people have told me they've seen like a really high quality hard plastic shell one. For the life of me, I can't figure out who makes this thing. I, some of the technicians at Tesla were telling me about it. It's like, yeah, we've seen some cars come in with what appears to be an aftermarket one, which is not because there's a there's a second grade, right? If you go in for Tesla service right now and you get the new one, it's upgraded, but it's still got this sort of half felt, half composite uh. feel to it. So if anybody out there knows of a true aftermarket unit, um, hit us up in the comments. Let me know. Hit us up on Twitter, whatever. I'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if not, if none exists, there's a huge aftermarket uh, opportunity here. And I'm kind of amazed that no one's gone after it, you know, with all the stuff we see for these cars. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, next question comes from Mike. He says, uh, does Tesla offer a service diagnostic check for the battery pack and vehicle systems? Uh, yes, they do. Um, you can call your Tesla. I mean, if you're having concerns about your battery pack degradation, whatever the case may be, you can make a service appointment with a Tesla. You'll have to take it in because they will do that. Um, yeah, they do that. However, a lot of the diagnostics are actually built into the car. It's in the firmware. It's not accessible to the average person. Uh, service technicians can access that. But yeah, they can do diagnostics. They can actually do some of that stuff, basic things, I think, remotely as well. They can. So, so. I've had not once but twice a full uh, remote scan mm -hmm. of my battery. Uh, one, one of the times was uh, during the lightning run because I had some of the concerns, you know, when we started to have problems with the BMS. Yeah. And uh, my mobile ranger guy was able to access the car and he was down to like the individual little pack level. That's there, true. You know? Yeah. If you've ever seen, and I've, I, I had access to the service menu on my model X and there is a page they can bring up and you can see um, all of the voltages um, yeah. on the individual mm -hmm. cell blocks themselves up, you know, minus and pluses. It, it's very detailed. These cars are so highly instrumented and um, yeah, logged everything it's crazy yeah and there's applications that tesla has internally that if someone logs in as a tesla employee uh they can uh just based on your vin they'll ping the car and the car gives back this long report of all kinds of data like just fields and fields and fields of data and if you know how to read it uh you'll see different things that are like red flags of like that's that would be a concern so yeah there's there's certain there's you'll be surprised how much they can get without even having to send the tech out they can just ping the car and get yeah. the report and go from there well hope that helps you out mike but the answer is yes all right next question comes from gary uh gary asks i pre-ordered a model y last year but my bolt lease isn't up until february 2021 what are the odds i get a rear unibody model well they're all unibody now uh, unless he's talking about the rear casting being in one yeah. piece as opposed to two. Um, I think that's exactly what he means. Okay. Um, I don't know what the current situation is in Fremont um, with that new casting machine making the single piece rear, but at the end of the day, it makes no difference whether you get the, the two piece one or the one piece. It's not going to be any different. They just wanted to, at the time when they designed the casting, they didn't have this new machine to do it all in one piece, and that's all they've been doing at this point. They've just been bonding them together. Right. Um, uh, but structurally, I don't think it's going to make any difference really at the end of the day. So if you want a Model Y, um, don't, don't, um, don't, uh, don't worry about it. Just order it, whether it has it or not. You're not, you're never going to see the difference anyways. So I wouldn't worry about that. All right. Next question comes from uh, David. He asks, will Tesla ever have an Apple Watch native app? <laughs> I know a lot of people have been asking about that. Um, that's a good question. I know a lot of people have been asking Elon on Twitter for a long time to make some kind of companion for the Tesla app. I don't think it's out of the realm that they would do it. However, there are many other apps, uh, third-party apps you can get, like Tesla Stats, for example, uh, a Stats app, for example. That's the one that I use. It has a watch app, and you can do a variety mm -hmm. of different things. Um, I think using NFC to be able to tap your car for the times when you don't want to bust out your card, that would be quite handy. The Bluetooth can be a little flaky at times. I've been at my car many times before, and it's like, oh, really? Do I have to open my app? So there are times when that would be handy. I'd, like I said, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but if it's a value to you, get on Twitter, because it's the only way to get a hold of Elon Musk. Get on Twitter and ping him and ask him. See what happens. 
All right. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have it set up here for the screen for you guys to see, but the last question comes from Chantel. It says, uh, what should I look for in winter tire if I drive five kilometers in the city? Ian? Well, not only does Chantal only drive five kilometers, that's uh, a little over three miles for our, uh, our American friends in the city, but she's in the GTA or the greater Toronto area, which mm -hmm. doesn't get a whole lot of snow. So I would say, Chantal, you are one of the rarest of rare things a Canadian <laughs> that can actually see get away with an all-season tire in winter. <gasps> I, know, I, I never say those words. No. I can't believe I'm hearing myself saying, I'm going to go flog myself afterwards. I apologize. <laughs> all our listeners uh but no it's true i mean i i wouldn't go with necessarily what's on the car i mean we don't know exactly which model um that she has but uh let's assume that it's a base model three and it comes on the uh, on the michelin uh, primacies uh i'm not a huge fan of those in the snow they're you know it's very much a range tire it's it's got great qualities and a lot of but it's like on snow it's not really anywhere near my favorite so uh, that's probably not ideal. But having said that, you would be well served by one of the new generation of all weather tires as opposed to an all season. An all weather tire is basically an all season tire that has the mountain snowflake rating. So it actually does have credible snow and ice performance, but you can leave it on year round. So, I mean, there's very good options out there. Uh, Nokian has a few of them. Um, the Michelin Cross Climate. Um, Eric, is that what you went with in the end, uh, replacing yours? Mm -hmm. You did, eh? How do you like them so far? Oh, my God! They are amazing. They're great, eh? They're yeah, so much great. The, the, the MXM4s that I had, the, the Primacy MXM4, um, you know, they were, they were fine. Like, I remember the rides being totally fine with them. I just know that um, they never really met their treadwear life, which, yeah. again, yeah. Florida roads and the tours for degrading rubber a lot faster. Um, but I find that the uh, Cross Climate Plus, I'm getting a better ride for a touring tire, and they were less expensive per tire than the Primacy MXM4s. How's the, yeah, how's the noise like, level? Uh, yo, sorry, that's a good question. How do you find the noise, Eric? Um, it's really not bad. I mean, mind you, I, I don't have double-paned windows. I don't have sound deadeners on my vehicle. So again, my, my car is pretty much as factory as factory can get. And, um, you know, I, I really don't hear much road noise. Uh, and, I, and I've been both highway and city driving since I got the tires on a couple of months ago. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, to me, the big thing is I don't feel the bumps in the road as much as before. Uh, and again, new tires tend to do that. Um, but it honestly holds up well. I've, I've driven so far in wet conditions. It's had really good traction, especially on tight corners and turns. Um, I, I mean, just all the reviews I read about it, I've experienced the same thing. It's just, it's a phenomenal tire. Uh, for my daily commutes and again the mileage ranges but it's it's been handling every one of them nearly perfectly well good glad to hear that I, I, i've been hearing lots of things from a lot of different people who have tried the tire and um, they're big fans of it i was just thinking for someone like Chantel who's doing very limited winter driving in in city conditions in a city like toronto that's a tire that would probably hold up well and then you could just leave them on year round now if you were so inclined to get two sets of tires which of course i always do recommend because we are in canada and now that you're even in toronto you guys trev you can you can say you guys get some serious minus 20 minus 25 weather now and again and you actually get the odd blowout snowstorm so i mean you know now with with climate change nothing is a given anymore i mean hell people in texas are seeing six inch snow you know every so often so um you know at that point there's a huge amount of winter tires that are possible you're you're you, you'd be well served by any of the top brands. You know, you're not, you don't have anything too difficult. The other thing too is, even though if you're only going five kilometers in the GTA, 
I imagine every once in a while, you're going to want to venture out north or east or west or something. So uh, for that purpose, I would highly recommend you go visit the Tesla owners online winter tire um, thread that we've got going. There's lots of great discussions on there. So not just for Chantel, but for anybody looking for suggestions on what works best in winter and model three, no matter what your scenario is, you're bound to find some stories on there that resonate. So Trev, maybe if you can that one's not always easy to find on the uh, on the forum. I have to say, when I go searching for it, I have to go pages in. So maybe try. No, if you what could. I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll yeah. find the I'll find the thread and I'll pin it. So that yeah, it's pin it. To yeah, the top. pin it. Not only on the forum, but also if you could just throw it in the link at the end of the show. Sure. So uh, for all of those people, um, if you're on YouTube, you can go at the end there and find it. But yeah, that's my favorite place to go because everybody's tried everything on our cars. And there's excellent feedback on work works best depending on where you are and what you're looking for. We have a wonderful resource on the forum. People yeah. use it. <laughs> Stay away from Facebook. You can't find anything because the moment it's gone and you'll never see it again. Yeah. On the and forum, you can search. Yes, it's free, free to search. <laughs> it is. That's why we started it. That's why it's still going. So, yeah, go check it out. Well, that's it for questions, guys. Any closing thoughts before we uh, we kick out of here? I mm. missed you guys. <laughs> 2020 I sucks. Do. We lost Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Uh, what a year good mm, no, I, I know it's just been unbelievable this year by the way when it comes to um celebrities and things like that that's every year i know like every every year we lose people and I'm like oh my god 20 i will i will say if there's if there's one um if there's one benefit to the chaos it's been this year i guess this is my closing thoughts um <laughs> is it has allowed some people not everyone but some people to really take into account the things that are valuable in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're realizing the, the, the things that we take for granted on a daily basis, seeing our friends and family, um, hugging people, just, just basic things that we now realize we, we took for granted, how meaningful those kinds of connections are. Um, you know, I remember when we started this pandemic, we, um, we, we had one time a video call amongst a few of us who were just kind of putzing around on a Saturday or a Sunday or something. Yeah. And, uh, just to have that kind of camaraderie that we hadn't had since the event back in February, um, you know, really just kind of struck home that, yeah, like we, we've really, you know, had to kind of reassess our lives and, and what we find valuable. So people have been able to take up like bike riding and you know going on walks again and you know kids are putting their phones down to go outside and play. it's just it's it's really nice that we're able to reconnect in different ways despite being so disconnected uh if, if that's if that means anything mm -hmm. so i mean this from the guy who makes a gloria stefan joke in the middle of the show so <laughs> thank you for what it's and we thank you for that we thank you for that Right. Oh. All right. Well, if people want to follow you, Eric, where can they do it? Where they can do that? You guys can uh, find me on Twitter now that Twitter is working. If you hear the show uh, starting on October 16th, Twitter had a massive outage for like two hours and people thought, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Russian bots. Anyway, um, it's not Russian bots. Anyway, so uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, EC Fix. It's ECFIX. And please, if you are listening to us in the United States, November 3rd is Election Day. I don't know if we're going to do a show between now and November 3rd, but please make a plan to vote. I don't care who you're voting for. I don't care what you're voting for. Or just make a plan to vote. Encourage others to go with you. Uh, vote by mail. Do early voting. Vote on Election Day. Just please make sure you do not forget. Get your votes in by November 3rd. Please. This country needs your support. Democracy cannot thrive without you. That's right. And if you don't vote and you can, you have no right to complain. 
about well we have the happens. first amendment but it, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's gonna happen american you always have a right to complain uh, i was just hoping right. you know. the constitution right. we right. created websites so that people can complain about restaurants okay yeah. like we have that's this, all we want to do is complain we it's 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 funny you 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 probably like if you look at someone's comments on our youtube videos you know generally they're positive but i've seen like crit critics of restaurants businesses whatever like 10 to one, eight to one, negative to positive. Like people don't generally call you and say, Hey, I wanted to tell you, I thought your tacos were fantastic today. Yeah, exactly. But if you're, but if it's like terrible food, don't ever go there. The limes are rotten. I would the never go there. Crap. The water's got flies in it. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, they, people want to complain about anything anytime. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. All right, Ian, how about you? Any closing thoughts tonight? I'm going to do something I never do, and I'm going to take a page straight out of Mr. Camacho's book, and I'm going to say something heartfelt and profound. And uh, speaking of the November 3rd election, I never talk about politics publicly as far as I'm concerned. It's too dangerous a topic, mm -hmm. but I'm very passionate about all of everything to do with the U.S. It's military history. It's political history. You know, it's general history. It's people. It's a country I dearly love. You know, uh, it's second to my own. And... America, I am more worried about you right now than I ever have been in my entire lifetime. Um, I really can't wait for the day where harmony comes back and you all sort of adhere to that code of united, United States of America. I want to see you get along. Whatever your political convictions, religious convictions, personal convictions, whatever it is, the thing you guys do best is get your act together, go out there and knock it down. And you've done that over the centuries, and I know you're capable of doing it again. And I just want you to all work as one cohesive force. Take that mix, that melting pot of amazing brains and drive and everything that you have and get it all back together and start pointing in the same direction. Yeah. I want to see that happen. And I hope everything starts running smooth again and you can do that. Whatever happens on Election Day, uh, I hope everybody accepts what it is and you all get out there and you know do what you do best because the rest of the world we're all sitting back going yeah this is a country that should be leading the world in the way that it has traditionally and i'd, I'd like it to see it come back to that in all its glory so that's my personal wishes well well put ian i i can't add any more to that all right, where, where can people follow you if they want to have a chat with you online? If you want to find me, you can uh, find me on Twitter. The handle is at Ian Pavelko. At the Tesla Owners Online Forum, of course, you can find me there. The handle is Matt Hungarian. Um, direct messages are open in both locations, so feel free to ping me with any questions, anything I can help with. I'm always glad to. And if you're looking for something in the way of Tesla wear, uh, which I'm not wearing today, I'm promoting PBS because it is the <laughs> 50th anniversary of PBS. Ah. Support your local PBS station, speaking of America, one of my dearest American institutions. And uh, But if you are looking for some Tesla wear, you can go to my uh, online shop, um, www.tespring.com and look up Mad Hungarian Evolve Wear, the shop, and you will find all of my little Tesla shirts. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's in the description below my Facebook. Always. It's always true. in there. Yes. True, true. Well, I guess that leaves me. If you want to follow me, I'm very active on Twitter. You can just look up Tesla Owners Online. Don't forget to check out our forum at teslaownersonline.com. Always the best resources to talk about Tesla. Make sure you give some business to some of our sponsors out there. You know, COVID and stuff has hit some of these guys. So make sure you give them, uh, if you're looking for them, accessories and stuff, uh, get out there. Give them some business. You know, skip the Amazon thing once in a while and give them uh, give some businesses to some of these people. Uh, we are recording on a Thursday. So by the time some of you are going to be listening, it'll be Friday. So shout out to our friend Earl. Tomorrow is Front Puppy Friday. Get out there and vote. I don't know if there's still any prizes. But anyways, shout out to Earl, buddy. Love your work. 
keep up the great work. Anyways, that's it for tonight, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Oh, by the way, uh, Tesla's financial earnings call is coming up, so uh, we might do a show that week and talk about some of that stuff, maybe try and get a, a guest on who knows more numbers than we do. But uh, anyways, that's it for tonight. Thanks for listening and watching. It's been, uh, it's been a long time. But uh, anyways, thanks for sticking around. See you guys. Bonsoir tout le monde. Vote, damn it. <laughs>